This podcast of local Brattleboro history is brought to you by Brattleboro Savings and Loan, the Bank of Brattleboro. This week in Brattleboro history, we look back 100 years. In 1917, Brattleboro newspapers reported of school Halloween celebrations where students sang, wore costumes, and performed for their parents. Neighborhoods had Halloween parties involving games, costumes, and packaged food goodies. Residents complained of the mischievous youngsters who entertained themselves by taking someone's horse rake and putting it on the town common, and removing the winter cover to the Wells Fountain and placing it on someone else's lawn. 100 years ago in 1917, Halloween meant general hijinks and fun. However, six months earlier, the United States had joined the European Allies in World War I. The European War had been raging since 1914 and millions had already died. On Halloween 1917, amid the festivities and Folderall, Red Cross nurse Marion McCune Rice gave a speech in the Brattleboro Town Hall Auditorium to hundreds of local citizens about World War One. You see, Nurse Rice had already been serving in France as a part of the Red Cross war effort for over two and a half years, and she was able to report her first-hand experiences to the townspeople. Over 450 Brattleboro area men and women were headed to the war, and local citizens wanted to hear what was happening over there in Europe. Marion McCune Rice was on a three-month speaking tour of eastern and midwestern towns for the American Red Cross as they were attempting to raise funds and supplies for the European hospitals serving the war effort. The newspapers reported that Marion was well-received and people appreciated her remarks and insights about the European war. Marion returned to France soon after her speaking engagement in Brattleboro. What's interesting is Marion was also a local girl. She had been born in Brattleboro, 35 years earlier. She graduated from Bradboro High School, went to Smith College, and at the age of 24, traveled to Philadelphia to attend nursing school. After graduating from nurses training, she had remained in Philadelphia and worked at two hospitals. In the early 1900s, there were only a few professions open to women, school teachers, nurses, or social workers. Marion created an independent life for herself and also kept in touch with her friends from her college and high school days. When not working, she enjoyed traveling and had taken three trips to Europe by her early 30s. In 1914, she traveled to Europe again with five female friends and found her three-month travel tour interrupted by the outbreak of World War One. For a month, she and her friends tried to make their way back to the U.S., and they were finally successful, arriving in Boston on a London-based ship from England in September. After witnessing the beginnings of the war, Marion decided to return to Europe to serve those who would suffer from the results of the largest military conflict in the world's history. She volunteered to become a Red Cross nurse and serve overseas. During the course of the war, there were 255 American Red Cross nurses who went to Europe. She was one of the first. During the war, Marion was stationed in three different French hospitals. She would write home and some excerpts would make their way into the local papers. Usually she would write about the needs of the hospital and requests for help. What we need most is money, ether, gauze, and alcohol. When the U.S. joined the war in 1917, she wrote home and the local paper reported that she had seen the Vermont troops pass through and... They seem in awfully good spirits and look fine and healthy. She also wrote letters home that were not meant for publication. We saw the long ambulance trains, those rivers of pain running from the lines. We saw strong men sobbing with agony like children. We saw the women struggling against anxiety and poverty. We heard the little children crying for the father's love they will never know again. All these things we have seen are the necessary routines of war and we can never forget. 
Another letter explained that the fleas and body lice infesting the hospitals were overwhelming, but the damage done to human bodies by our invented weapons of the war were beyond imagining. When I see these men shot full of holes and suffering the tortures of hell and maimed for life, all for nothing, all because one nation was bound to fight, well, I won't say what I think. World War I ended in November 1918, but it wasn't until February 1919 that Marion returned to Brattleboro. The French hospital she worked in had numerous casualties that required months of care beyond the end of the war. There were 32 nations involved in the World War I, and over 8.5 million people died during the conflict. In November of 1918, the local newspaper reported that 15 of those who died in the war were from Brattleboro. Marion returns to Brattleboro and visited with friends and family for a few months. Later, in 1919, she joined Simmons College in Boston as a professor and director for the School of Public Health Nursing. She continued in that capacity for over a decade and was a pioneer in public health nursing here in the United States. We'd like to thank Stephen Hooper, Taylor, and Amelia for researching and Lennox, Malachi, Jaden, Isaac, Juliana, Madeline, Marissa, Amar, Gabe, Keegan, Audrey, and Bella for reading This Week in Brattleboro History. Happy Halloween! Thank you for listening to the Brattleboro Historical Society podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the program.